beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. I'm Francis. And I'm Nubia. And we have another fabulous show. We're sitting here with Amy K. Richcrick. Say hello, Amy K. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So Amy K. wrote an amazing article for us as one of our guest bloggers uh, called Yay. I Sometimes Miss My Job. And we'll link her article to the show notes. And we really appreciate the article. We loved it a lot just because of its authenticity and how it really showed some of the real struggles of living abroad. So thank you for writing that. Well, thanks for letting me write it. it I think it's important to talk about that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. So, and we're going to absolutely dive into that. But so you were a TV news producer before this, but you decided to quit your job to move abroad. Could you just walk us through that experience? So, yeah, there was a couple of different things that happened. I think the biggest turning point for me was I turned 30. And when I turned 30, I sort of, I don't know if it's a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis, but I sort of had this moment that, oh, like I'm going to die someday and I need to do things that I've always wanted to do. And one of those was live abroad. I had a friend who uh, was traveling. And so I actually visited her in Europe for a couple months after I turned 30. And I was on the plane. I wasn't even in France yet. I think I was leaving Atlanta or something. And I just had this moment that this was everything I wanted to do when I, it was like pure bliss and pure happiness. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. So I went home. There were some things happening within the news industry at that time and in the actual news that sort of made me look at what I was doing with my life and look at my career, which was no longer fulfilling, which I can dive into a little bit deeper. But so since it was no longer fulfilling and I wanted to live abroad and I was 30 and I kind of had nothing to lose, I felt like it was a good time. So I sold all of my things. <laughs> I found someone to take over my car lease. I found someone to take my cat. I applied for working holiday visas in Australia and New Zealand and decided that I was going to do this. And so the friend that I had was now that I'd visited in Europe was now in New Zealand. So I was like, I'll stop and visit you and then I'll go to Australia. I'm not really that interested in New Zealand, but I'll go there for a couple months and then I'll move on. And that was uh, 10 months ago and I'm still in New Zealand and I'm happy about that. I do want to get to Australia at some point. But that's just a little, that's like an overview of how I got here. <laughs> that was a big leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, it was. And at the time, I didn't think, at the time, you don't think, oh, this is brave. This is like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And, and you get here and you're not proud of yourself. I, I was just sort of like, when I got here, I was like, what did I just do? Why did I do that? I don't have a job. I know one person here. I only have so much in savings and I own nothing except what? fits in two suitcases and a book bag. So I kind of had a panic moment when I landed. But now that it's been a couple of months, I can look back and be like, wow, that's a ridiculous thing that I did. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think so. I, I mean, I, I did the same thing. I kind of just sold my stuff and was like, I'm out of here. And I've never been to Thailand or 
<laughs> east side and I was like, I'm just gonna make it work. We're just gonna figure it out. And everything usually just ends up working itself out. So kudos to you for yes. showing uh, all that bravery. Yeah, thanks. You too. I'd never been to New, Ze- New Zealand either. So <laughs> and <here laughs> I know how that feels. <laughs> so um, how long did it really make you uh, take you to make that decision? And how did you get past that fear? So I, I, this was something I'd always wanted to do. So it had always been in the back of my mind. I was just like, oh, I'm, I have too much debt. I have to pay off my student loans. I have to do this. I have to do that before I go. I was lucky enough that I had a friend who's, she's been living abroad and traveling nonstop for, oh gosh, how old is she now? She was 21 when she did it. She's 28. So like eight years nonstop, just been abroad. So I had a resource that sort of talked me through my fear. I started joining, I joined a lot of Facebook groups um, about people who travel. And I got inspired by those people. I turned 30 May 10th of 2016. So I was thinking about it from there on. And then I did the Europe trip in end of September, beginning of October. So I mean, there's a couple months there. And then when I came back, I applied for the working holiday visas right away. But I didn't actually leave the country or get all of my stuff sold or actually do the thing until right before my 31st birthday. So I landed in New Zealand on May 7th. So it was almost, I mean, granted, I lost the day because of the time zone jump. So it was almost an entire year from the time it entered my mind to the time I actually did it. So yeah. And (laughs) so when I decided to do it, I didn't really give myself a lot of time to like sell all of my stuff because I was also doing community theater at the time. And my last day at work, I think, was April 28th. And then my last show was April 30th. And my flight was April 31st. Wait, no, May 1st. And then I went home for like three days and then I left. Wow. Yeah. I didn't really give myself. Yeah. I think if I give myself more time to think about it, I might've talked myself out. So (laughs) (laughs) I just did it. So let's go back. I love the fact that you mentioned Facebook groups. Please let our listeners know, and I try to say this all the time, there's such a great resource. If you want to travel more or if you want to do anything, you need to be surrounded by like-minded people. So find them. They're on Facebook. They're free groups. There are websites. There are YouTube channels. So what kind of, well, give us your top two groups that you joined prior to the move abroad. Sure. I think the biggest one for me was Girls Love Travel, which so many people are are a part of. Uh, I think there's like 50,000 members now. I think when I joined it, there was only a couple thousand. So it's just like really ballooned over the past year, which I think is incredible. And I, that resource has been great. I, some of my best friends in New Zealand, I met through that group. Awesome. Which is crazy. And I guess then the other ones, there's a, um, there's a female digital nomad group that I talk to people through. There is a, the other ones aren't quite as active. And then there's, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. The Girls That Love (laughs) Travel is a big one. No, it's a huge one. And I remember being a part of the group before they started getting these little subsets. Now they have the Girls Love Travel, you know, 35 plus, the Girls Love Travel Mixies, the Girls Love Travel Millennials. It's so many different little subsets so that you can actually be a part of a community that fits you, you know? And and then they have great resource. Yeah. And I was going to say that they also have location specific groups. So there's a GLT New Zealand. New Zealand's probably one of the more active ones because there's so many people that travel here temporarily and then go. But then I know there's one there. There's one for there's one in for Sydney, Brisbane and like the different places in Australia. And I know there's because so many of the members are in the States. So there's any region in the States just about has a girls love travel group. 
So nice. Yeah, it's really nice. great. Yeah. So have you traveled abroad prior to this? So I didn't actually get to do a lot of travel in as a child. My first real vacation outside of uh, the Northeast and Canada was when I was 12. I was on a cruise with my dance troupe and we went to the Bahamas. And so since then, I had really just done the Caribbean and the States. I've done a couple of, I've done, I probably haven't even done half of the States, to be honest, but I've done several of the islands in the Caribbean. And then, um, and then when I turned 30, I did Venice, Paris, Belfast, Dublin, and London in a two week trip. So that wasn't very long. And so, yeah, New Zealand was really the first stop on my world tour. And I kind of got stuck here for a couple of months, but we'll continue going. <laughs> You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. What has the transition been like for you in New Zealand? Because you share how full-time travel is not easy and often, we talked about this actually prior to recording, how people get sucked into the Instagram filters of sunsets and the glamour of travel. I mean, you also take some breathtaking pictures of New Zealand. So I love going through your feed. But what has that transition been like for you? Oh, thank you for complimenting my photos. But it was really difficult. I'm not going to lie. So I always wanted, like, I always thought that I would settle down in Florida, which is where I was before I moved to New Zealand. So to make the decision to leave the place that my teenage heart had always wanted to be was really difficult. So I came to New, I, so I left, you know, the comfort of friends and family and I came to New Zealand and I, I luckily did know one person, but she had her own life here already. She'd already been here a couple months and she's very independent because she's been traveling full time for so long. So I got here. First couple of months are really exciting. Like you don't know anyone. You're in a new country. Like there's so much to explore and see and do and everything is new. So I was like, oh my God, I love Wellington. I love New Zealand. This is the best place ever. And then, you know, reality kicks in a couple months later. So May, May and June were all right. And then not only did reality kick in, it got really cold because July and August are like the, the heart of winter in New Zealand. So I suffered from some loneliness and I would say depression and anxiety of just fearful. Of, I left my life behind. Am I ever going to feel at home again? Am, am I ever going to feel like this was the right decision? And I thought about coming home. I, I, was in, I actually interviewed for a couple jobs in the States. And luckily those didn't pan out because I wouldn't have had the chance to warm up to New Zealand and warm up to no traveling. And it really wasn't until, and I mean, I wouldn't say those months were all awful because I had some really great times. I, I traveled Australia for a week. I got a job that I really enjoyed, but it wasn't really until December that I really felt like I was at peace with my decision. And I mean, that's, that's, that's eight months in and, and January and February like have been really amazing for me. So and I think what really made the change was one, I, one, I think I suffer a bit from sad. So I think the weather changing really helped. But I also started meeting more people that were travelers and that were similar to me. Because prior to that, I had met mostly people that were settled here and people that made New Zealand their home. So they were either Kiwis or they were proper immigrants, planned on staying, becoming residents. But in the past couple of months, I've met people 
who are also probably just passing through. So they have sort of the same mindset that we have to travel and do these things and see the world. And they're not afraid to get to know me and know that I might be leaving. Whereas a lot of the other people that I met were like, well, I don't really want to invest in you if you might be leaving because you're just Mm. like a single, you're a single serving friend. So yeah. So I, I mean, it takes, it takes a while to transition into accepting that this is your new reality, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's tap into what you just said. Sad to let our um, listeners know. Seasonal affective disorder, also known as the winter blues. It's a real thing, people. It is a real thing. I was actually clinically diagnosed with sad. I lived in Boston, Mass., which anybody who's been to the Northeast Corridor, like in Boston, knows the winters are long and very harsh. And I knew I could not do it anymore. I was just like, I can't do it. However, I love having the seasons. The winters were just too long, too gray, too dreary, too wet. And I was just like, enough already. And I was in a depressed state pretty much more more time out of the year than I didn't want it to be. So I moved to Washington, D.C. area, which actually has a little bit mild weather compared to Boston. But now that I'm in Thailand, it's amazing waking up to sunshine every day. Every day. It really does play a part on your mental health, the weather. And a lot of people don't realize that that's real life. Yeah. And I was coming from Florida, which similar to Thailand, was sunny and warm all of the time. And yeah, we'd have crazy showers every once in a while. But to go from the sunshine, like the literal sunshine state, to Wellington, New Zealand, which is known to be dreary and wet and gray and windy and cold most of the year was more of a shock than I think I had mentally prepared myself for. So yeah, it, it even though it doesn't snow here, um, it does drop down. So in Fahrenheit, it drops down to 40 and, and the upper 30s, but it doesn't snow and it, it doesn't get proper cold. Like I grew up in Pennsylvania, so it doesn't get proper cold, but it also doesn't get proper hot. <laughs> so the summer, you know, it hovers in the 60s most of the summer. So yeah, it's really interesting how the seasons affect you. And I had forgotten how much they had affected me because I had been in Florida for three years and it was kind of a shock and kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, you hung in there, I understand. right? I wanted to yeah. actually tap into the loneliness piece because I know for me, like me and Nubia's experience have been very different when it comes to building a community abroad and everything else. And feeling, for me at least, I felt quite isolated being in Japan and also being in Thailand. Because when I was in Thailand, I was in a small town and most of, it was all <laughs> Thai folks, right? I mean, the menus were in Thai, there was no English speaking anything. And it was just a small group of teachers. And then even being in Japan here, uh, because of how conservative and reserved the culture is here, it's very hard to kind of make friends with other Japanese and everything else. So. It's it's real, and I don't think people realize when you travel, there is a sense of loneliness that does fall on you. But and so often, some people end up going back home because of it. But if they did something like you and just held out for a little bit, it actually can transform you and really just be an inspiration. And, and at some point, you get you do kind of not get over it, but you learn to manage it better in a more empowering way. Yeah, I I know myself in a way that I don't think I've ever known myself. And that's just because I had so much time to just 
be with Amy Kay. And had I not taken that time, there were like wounds that I didn't know hadn't healed. And like, they were from like years ago. And I'm like, why am I still upset at that? Why does that still trigger me? So in a sense, that forced loneliness and makes you a stronger person and makes you more resilient, for sure. It is so funny that you just mentioned that. I literally posted this morning on my Facebook an episode of Oprah on 60 Seconds speaking about childhood trauma and tapping into that, right? And understanding that a lot of us are wounded in a lot of ways that we don't, we didn't know we were wounded and tapping into why you, what makes you trigger? Why do you behave the way you do? Why do you react the way you do? And a lot of times it stems from things that happened to us in our past and becoming an adult and understanding, acknowledging and recognizing those things, right? So that is something that does happen to you when you move abroad as a solo traveler is that you have time and you do have time to start learning about yourself so much more. You have time to understanding your emotions, understanding, because sometimes, I mean, I've had my breakdowns a couple of times. I had one recently and I called Francis and I was like, I just had a five minute mental breakdown, tears and all. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because something sits with you and you're able to spend time understanding you and you're like, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Okay. And whatever it is, it just flows right through you. And you're just like, okay, I got to sit with this. And then you learn so much about yourself and who you are and your strengths. And you also learn and acknowledge your weaknesses. And I appreciate that part of travel so much more because I'm able to communicate better. I'm able to be a better friend, a better person. I observe a lot more. I'm learning that. Francis is actually teaching me to just sit back and observe more than just, you know, jumping in because I am a leaper. I'm one of those people that's like, hey, (laughs) let's try this. Let's go. Let me talk to this person. Let me do that. Hey, come here. And I'm all always so ready to do stuff. So I'm learning to just take the introversion side of myself and being okay with that and learning to just sit with me. Yeah. Cause I'm a leaper too. So that resonates with me a lot. I would always rather be out of the house. My, and that is something I learned from my mom. And it was probably for the same reasons. It's if you sit down with yourself too long, you have to deal with things. Like I've been to therapy for years, dealing with things that happened to me as a child. And I thought I dealt with those. And then I thought I dealt with the the recent breakups and things like that. And yeah, if you sit too long, (laughs) they come up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I think what happens is when you're living in the States, it's always like you're just going and going and there's so many distractions and you're on autopilot. Whereas you move abroad, you're not so much on autopilot because you do have to think about your surroundings and you have to make these decisions. And it's not so, because it's a different culture, right? And I think what traveling has done for me, because I was like, I had a breakup. I'm like, I'm leaving this country and I'm going (laughs) and leaving this political climate and everything else. But it doesn't matter where you are, those feelings will resurface, right? And at some point you have to process them and process them fully. And we sometimes think we're processing it fully, but... We're not until we really learn how to be with ourselves without any distractions or temptations or anything else. It's really that quote, like, wherever you go, there you are. Like, that's, that is so true. Like, it's so cliche, but. Yeah, that's when you know who you are. You're like, oh, shit, (laughs) I don't really like that. (laughs) No, I I mean, this is. 
But this is great because like your blog post, it's the truth. There are other sides to travel that we don't talk enough about. You know, the Instagram filters, the long dresses on the beach, the butlers and the beautiful blue beaches and everything. I mean, it's great, but that's vacation for a lot of people. For people like us that live (laughs) in these countries, we don't do that on it day-to-day basis, even a week-to-week basis. I mean, we go to work, come home, we read a book, we might watch Netflix, whatever, just like you would do in the States. We do enjoy some traveling, but there's so much more time that you have by yourself to really sit with yourself. So there are the ugly sides of travel. I won't, I don't want to call it ugly, but in the moments they're ugly. (laughs) You know what I mean? When you're going through them, even the financial woes. I mean, I've had my credit card, well, me, I've left my credit card in the ATM twice in two different countries because I'm so used to American ATMs that beep at you until you take your card. And the ones here in Thailand don't do that. And the ones in Indonesia didn't do that. It was like you took your receipt and then you just kind of left thinking, oh, okay. And it's silence, you know what I mean? And you always, you're trying to keep everything together. And sometimes things fall apart. And when you're overseas and you're trying to focus on your bank statements or whatever, half the time I can't even log into some of my accounts because I want to authenticate every single time I try to log in and it's frustrating. And I'm just like, damn, I can't even listen to Spotify. I try to get on Spotify. (laughs) I I gave you a solution for that. I get it. The Mm. VPN, all that good stuff. I get it. I get it. But when you just jump in on the computer, you just, I hit the Spotify thing and I'm just like, it's like, we're not in your country. And I'm like, shit, I just want to listen to music. You know, it's sometimes it just gets so frustrating that the, all the, all the go arounds, I can't watch. This is us when it's on TV, I got to wait and watch it on another platform or it's all of those frustrations. And it sounds little, but it can add up. up. It adds up. It does. Yeah. People don't think about the the financial stuff at all I don't think because so the, I think the thing the biggest frustration for me is I still have my U.S. bills I still have my student loans so the exchange rate is not in my favor coming from New Zealand I think I get seventy U.S. cents on average to the dollar so not only and the student loans and my credit cards they want to be paid in U.S. dollars they don't want to do the exchange rate themselves so I have to transfer transfer that money to my U.S. bank account. So I have to pay a transfer fee on top of that 30 cents that I'm losing. And then I have to pay my bills. So on average, every month, I'm losing, probably losing about $100 every month, even though I have a decent job here that pays me decently well. I I mean, I think I make in, if I look at what I make, I think I make like 25,000 USD a, a year if I would were to be here a year. That's not a lot. <laughs> and I work for a New Zealand, a Kiwi company. So it adds up. I do the same thing. I have to transfer. I have still got my student loan, so I have to transfer and, and pay that <laughs> transfer fee. So it does add up. But I think at the end of the day, I know for myself that I still wouldn't change, change it for the world with all the frustrations and the nuances and err. Uh, but it's just been an incredible journey. I don't know. How do you feel about it? I'm really happy I did this. Like, I wouldn't change it for the world. I kind of wish I would have maybe known a little bit more going in. Like, I had people warn me. I had someone tell me, oh, you know, you're going to have to transfer money to pay your bills. going to be cold and wet in Wellington. Like, be prepared for the winter and things like that. And so I had a lot of people warn me. But until you're in it, you don't really appreciate the difficulties. But of course, 
it's the dark seasons that make the the sun better, the sun shine better. Like you have to go through winter to really appreciate summer and things like that. I will say this summer I appreciated more than I think any summer in my life because it had been a while since I'd been through winter. So, and I think that applies to the travel. Uh, had I not stuck out in New Zealand, I would, I would have probably been kicking myself and been back home with my mom trying to fake, like find a news job or find a job in something that I, I wasn't really keen on doing again. Yeah. So if it's something that you want to do, definitely do it. Just be prepared to not spend every day on the beach, I guess, which is really what I would <laughs> I like, like to be that. doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my like gosh. That. Yeah. So you have an awesome blog called Amy K Adventures and it has some wonderful stories. Some, I mean, you talk a lot about bravery and the things that you've done. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this blog means to you? So the blog started out as a way for me to document my journey from being someone who played it safe her entire life to someone who took the risks that you needed. I needed to have to have a fulfilled life, to have the life I wanted. Because as I said, when I turned 30, I really realized, you know, I only get one shot at this. So it it started out as a way for me to sort of tell my story. And so I posted about my first couple months here. I posted, there was one article that I was really proud of that I took down briefly was about how I overcame my anxiety. And I really enjoy writing the personal aspects of my journey, but I stopped doing that recently and I'm going to get back to it because I've really been inspired to do it again. But I stopped doing it because I had an interview for a job in Florida when I was trying to go back. And he, someone asked me about that blog post and they're like, we don't want you to come back and have your anxiety again. And I was like, but in the blog post I explained, I like, I explained how I overcame it and how I'm dealing with it. And I thought it was really powerful and people really wanted to hear it. And so it was sort of shocking and it sort of took me back. So I sort of stopped being authentic. And then I wrote the blog post for you guys. And I was like, and when I wrote it, it was like the hat, it was probably the thing I'd been most proud of in a long time of my writing. Yeah. The blog to me means it's there to inspire people to take the risk that they want to achieve. Because I don't know, had I stayed in that newsroom doing what I was doing, was I happy? Yeah, I was moderately happy. I was, I was okay. I was comfortable. I was certainly comfortable. I was, I had everything that I'd want, everything I thought I wanted when I left college at 23 or 22, you know, early 20s. (laughs) I wanted to be a news producer and something didn't sit right. And had I not taking, taken the leap, I wouldn't know so much about myself. There's dreams that I had that this has certainly re this adventure in Wellington has sort of, you know, reignited in me. One of those is being in front of the camera, doing acting again. That was something I never thought I would be able to do again. But if I can, you know, move across the world and I can keep doing that, maybe I can, you know, keep writing about myself and maybe go into acting or do something crazy like that. I I don't know. I feel like I can do anything now, I guess. And I hope my, if I continue to share my story in the blog, other people might find it in themselves to continue to do, to find it in themselves to do anything that they want to do. That was very rambling. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I love it because once you've traveled overseas and you've navigated a bunch of unfamiliar territory, you do feel like a, a superhero <laughs> and you feel like, oh, you know, I could, yeah, I can get through a lot of things. It does that too. 
For sure. Yeah. I feel like I can handle life storms in a way I couldn't before. And I'd been through a lot before. So I don't know. Put yourself out there, I guess. Absolutely. So what have you learned about yourself on this journey? So much. So I learned that I'm very susceptible to other people's comments about me. Probably was too worried about what other people thought of me. Uh, hence the comment about the post that I made about anxiety. But also, I had someone tell me that I was depressed and that I needed to get help. And so that sort of sent me that that and the weather change were I, they, like those were triggers triggers like I had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but they were things I thought I could cope with. But though, like looking back, like I was fine and I didn't think anything was wrong with me until someone told me something was wrong with me. And then suddenly everything was wrong with me again. So I learned that I, I need to believe in myself and not listen to necessarily what other people think of me so much. I had a, I had a couple of people from my old job unfriend me on Facebook and like that really upset me <laughs> and I don't know why they unfriended me. I don't know. I think because I was writing about my depression and my anxiety and I was like really upset about that. But at the end of the day, I kind of know who's there for me now in a way that I didn't before. Like I have one friend who I didn't talk, like we weren't close anymore. Like we were friends in university and I had written a post and he's like, Amy Kay, he's like, I'm here for you. Let's talk. And like, he has sort of been my rock and he's in Philadelphia and I like, I haven't seen him in years and we talk every day. And I have a friend from Florida who's now in Chicago and she's like also my rock. So you sort of learn who's really there for you and who's going mm. to put in the effort. Say because it. the time. Say it. Say it. Time, Say though, it. <laughs> Girl, preach. We talk about this all the time. You learn who your friends are when you move out the country, Lord. <laughs> yeah, especially with the time zone changes. Like, I'm a day ahead. I'm when I'm awake, it's like when I'm at work, it's the evening in the States and, and people are asleep by the time I get home. So it's yeah, it's it's a struggle. So those uh, these are the people people have sticking by me that I haven't really seen for years. And they're the ones that have you know, come out and be like, hey, I know you're having a hard time. So I'm there for you. And even if it's just a video chat or just a couple of Facebook messages, it it means the world. It um, really does. Yeah. So, yeah. I learned to stick up for myself. I learned who's there for me. I'm closer to my family than I've ever been, which is incredible because I'm as far away from them as I can possibly get. And yeah, I've, I've learned what my passions are and I've learned I probably need to live in a warm, sunny climate. Uh, <laughs> but I think I already knew that. Same Z's. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be where I'm headed next is somewhere warm and sunny, wherever that may be. Uh, no. Well, you yeah. can always come visit us in Thailand. Oh, I would love that. I need to get to Thailand. That's on my list. But everywhere, it, like literally everywhere is on my list. <laughs> except maybe, yeah. you know, except maybe like Siberia. I don't really know that I can do that. <laughs> well, you know what? I've heard, what is that? The Trans-Siberian Trail or whatever? The train that kind of goes through? I heard that's a rough journey, but they say it's eye-opening. Amy Kay, I wish we could stay on forever and talk about this whole like friendships and depression and everything because it's real. it's real. I mean, it's so real. And these are things that people do not talk about. And I always say you find out who your friends are. You actually find out who your friends aren't. You know what I mean? And it's so many and it does take a toll on you mentally sometimes if you allow it. 
because you're just like, well, when I was back home, I had this network of people, this community. Now, all of a sudden, I'm over here and I'm thinking that people are happy for me and that they want to see me succeed, but yet they don't. And I know this sounds very juvenile when I say it. They don't like on my pictures or they don't comment and you don't hear from them anymore at all. They don't send you a quick text message to say, hey, hi, what's going on? They don't check in on you at all. Like it's almost like they dropped off. Oh, changes immediately. It changes. And then you find out, like you said, that friend that you haven't spoken to. Like I've developed certain friendships with people I didn't really talk to on a regular basis. And I'm like, oh, okay. So... It just changes and it's a, it's the ebb and flow of life. Try not to take it personally because people have their own stuff going on and I got my stuff going on, but it just, it shines a light and you just got to power through it. Yeah. I think for me, it was like, if someone does it, if someone unfollows you on like Facebook or Twitter or something, it's like, oh, you don't even want to be passively involved in my life anymore. <laughs> and like, even if it's just like, oh, you like, even I think unfriending is like the, the, the biggest kick in the butt because you can unfollow someone and not unfriend them. But again, I've learned to not take that so personally. Like I, when the first couple months when that happened, you know, people that I thought I was close with, I would get really like upset and it would like ruin my day. And then I'm just like, well, you know, they're probably still checking my blog for all I know. That's fine. You know, <laughs> so you just, Oh, there are some trolls out there, but uh, yeah, this is going <laughs> to maybe hurt some people's feelings. I unfollowed a lot of people. I kept them on my friends list, but I hit that unfollow. It's just some of this stuff that they post. I'd be like, I don't want to see that shit. And I just yeah. like, I unfollow people all the time. All the right. time. I unfollow people all of the time, but unfriending, I feel like is like, I feel like it's rude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because you don't have to, I, you don't have to see my post. Just unfollow me. So. I know. I remember, Was it last week, Francis, when I unfollowed someone and Francis said, well, make sure you keep her as a friend. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> But I hit that unfollow so quick. <laughs> Girl, I've done it. <laughs> Certain oh things I was like, oh, if you're going to post that, I don't want that. Bye. Exactly. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list, and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. So what advice would you give someone who is thinking of doing exactly what you have done? Don't do it, but actually do it. Um, (laughs) I would put some serious thought to it. You've got to really line up. You've really got to get your affairs in order in the States or wherever you're coming from before you make the leap. So if you're going to do it for a long term, you don't want to put your stuff in storage. You don't really want to be paying a car payment or car insurance. You don't want to be like, oh, mom, can you watch my cat for a few months? Like, because you might not be coming back and your mom's kind of stuck with your cat. Unless she wants a cat, then by all means, let her have it. But yeah, I, definitely get your affairs in order, but also know that as prepared as you can be, as much research as you do, it's going to be twice as hard as you think it's going to be, but in a good way. Because if it's twice as hard, it's twice as rewarding. Don't be afraid to reach out on social media to new people, to people that you don't know, to join those groups, to even if it's just tweeting out to the Twitterverse or to someone that, or to your Facebook friends, because you might never know. Someone you know might know someone wherever you are. Like I have people that are like, oh, I know so-and-so in New Zealand. 
And I'm like, you know, people know people in New Zealand? Like, who moves to New Zealand? Lots of people, apparently. I, the network that I made, I made through those Facebook groups. I made through Meetup. Your biggest asset is other people. It's really finding that community and finding that soundboard. Even if, I mean, your friends back home are so helpful and because they know you before you moved abroad. So they know who you are. They know your backstory. They know your history. But the people around you are what's going to make your experience in that country. Like make or break it, really. Do it. Be brave. And don't give up. I love it. I, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So... Are we doing fun questions or are we just moving past that? We can do one. One. Hmm. <laughs> All right, we'll keep it simple. Amy K, what is your favorite curse word? I probably say shit the most, <laughs> but I think fuck because it has so many more uses. uses <laughs> so I probably go with fuck because you, you can use it. It's like you have a fucking great time, but you can have also have, you can be in the, the fucking pits. Like, I, like, it just, I don't know. There's so many, there's so many ways you can use that word. Like, just embrace it. That's that's (laughs) the best, it's the most versatile curse word on the planet. (laughs) I think there's a George George Carlin skit or something about it, about how fuck is great. You can just use it for anything. So I would go with that one. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) Francis's favorite word. (laughs) What are you talking about? You don't know shit. drops the f-bomb and we're from boston so everybody says fuck in boston but usually it's what the fuck (laughs) it's usually in that content so it's hilarious it can be used in so many different ways whether it's a positive or negative and angry a happy excited Excited. yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh this is not a pg podcast okay no. So, Amy K, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, so Amy K. Thank you guys for having me. I th- and thank you guys for doing what you do. Like, I really, I think you have a great resource for people thinking of moving abroad because you're bringing together all of these people from all over who have done it and have had their own different experiences. And I think it's a real inspiration. So, thank you. We appreciate it. So, tell our listeners where they can find you on your social media platforms. Sure. I am Amy K's Adventure on just about everything except Twitter because Amy K's Adventure is too long for Twitter. So on Twitter, I'm just Amy K R. And on Snapchat, I'm just Amy K R again because Amy K's Adventure is too long. But on Facebook and Instagram, I'm Amy K's Adventure. So just find me. I'm most, I'm probably most active on Instagram and second most active on Twitter. So yeah. Awesome. Nice. And it will be in the show notes so people can totally find you and your social media platforms online. But definitely, if you get a chance, go to Amy K Adventures, read up on Amy K and all of her adventures. Go to Chronicles Abroad and read that wonderful blog post about sometimes I miss my job. Yes. Thank you so much, Amy K. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening.
Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.